Hey everyone, Jordan here again. Welcome to the Dossier Podcast on exclusively on call-in now. <clears throat> I moved this podcast over from my Substack at dossier.substack.com and I really enjoy what's going on with the call-in app. There are all these cool features and it's extremely interactive. So I'm thrilled to be here. Quick shout out to my sponsor, Swan Bitcoin. Um, with all of this insanity going on in the world and Joe Biden controlling your currency, might be a good idea to check out what I believe is the best Bitcoin exchange, swanbitcoin.com. They have the best security, best features, easy withdrawals, and they don't sell you the junk coins. So really appreciate this partnership with my sponsor, Swan Bitcoin. That is just swanbitcoin.com, all one word. And yeah, thanks for being here. So I saw in my feed this morning that Joe Biden is going to be addressing the nation tonight on a very important issue. And that issue, of course, seems to be gun control. So all these corporate press outlets are reporting that he is going to address the nation for the first time in a while, um, that he's hasn't given, if you recall, he hasn't done a press conference in like, I think four months now. So for him to get up in front of an audience and speak for an extensive amount of time, I don't know if this has happened since the State of the Union. Um, and it seems to me, you know, that Biden has really been struggling uh, with his cognitive decline. So it really... It might be must-watch TV just to see if the man can get through a 7.30 p.m. address, if he can if he can make... I, I assume it'll be a short statement, because um, if you recall, the State of the Union wasn't exactly a home run. Yeah, <laughs> uh, by the end of it, they had to reboot him, essentially. But it, it's very clear that it, it's the gun-grabbing agenda all over again. The White House has told their favorite press outlets, whether that's CNN, MSNBC, and some others, that this is a a rare and important speech on guns. Um, The White House told reporters today that, quote, or that this speech would discuss, quote, the recent tragic mass shootings and the need for Congress to act to pass common sense laws to combat the epidemic of gun violence that is taking lives every day, end quote. Um, and then I'm reading this, this story by the propagandist at CNN, and they claim that he had been privately discussing, considering an address on the mass shootings even before um, these tragedies occurred, which I doubt because the man is not in control of anything. I don't think he has many thoughts at all other than that, you know, he wants his ice cream and that he wants to be taken care of because he's completely unaware of basically everything going on around him. If you remember, if you saw his last couple of days of um, not press conferences, but just cameras showing his conversations, he was with uh, Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand, and he was just reading from note cards. He, clearly had no idea who she was and it's um it seems to be getting worse so it should be fascinating to see what he can string together in terms of um 
what exactly he's going to talk about. I'm sure the speech writers at 1600 Pennsylvania have um, made it as toxic as humanly possible. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about this. I, I wrote about it in the dossier earlier today that um, I, I think this is really just all politics. Um, the, the idea that, well, there are a lot of Republicans that will go on and potentially decide to um, vote in favor of some legislation. But if you see the things that they're proposing, it's pretty crazy. They're actually, they're actually targeting handguns. Um, a lot of ca- they want to ban nine millimeter um, ammunition, which is just in a massive amount of handguns. So if they succeeded in banning ammunition, they could make a huge dent into just the gun industry overall. And uh, I'm not a gun aficionado, but when you're talking about ammunition that is used in the majority or in a significant amount of handguns, then you can really jeopardize the the Second Amendment. So I think that's that's the approach. I don't necessarily think that they intend on actually having a bill pass. Uh, I, I think the reality is that it's it's June 2022. There are elections fast approaching, and things look horrible for the Biden administration. You have probably the worst economy in the 21st century, minus the um, the Great Recession and that flash crash that happened with the early COVID hysteria. But we have um, unprecedented inflation for the century. We have the worst, I think, monetary debasement in human history, if you're counting by the trillions. We have a declining standard of living. No one who no one wants to take out a mortgage right now because interest rates are rising. So there's a lot of um, incentives for the Biden administration to shift the narrative. And I think with Ukraine-Russia stuff, there's only so much bite in that narrative. The whole thing about um, you know Putin's gas prices, Putin's inflation doesn't seem to be sticking with um, the American people. And I think that it, it's time for a narrative transition. Um, this is definitely part of the ongoing, the left's ongoing campaign to take everyone's uh, rights away. And those rights are protected by guns. So it's essential that they take your guns first, and then it's very easy to take your rights away. Um, one of the, I'd say one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last couple of years, witnessing and reporting on all of this stuff happening overseas with, um, with China, uh, you know, bolting people into their apartments and shipping them off to COVID camps, and really the same happening in much of the Anglosphere, that if a government has a monopoly on violence, there's very little you can do to defy um, decisions that are made by insane bureaucrats. And this is, and the gun grab is always is always the play. Um, it, it's it's been a priority for Democrats for a long time to get guns out of the hands of the people. What's interesting is that you know there's whole the, the same body of support uh, on the far left also wants to take guns away from police. So I'm not exactly sure what they how they foresee um, a, a future society or how how society is going to look like when guns are only in the hands of like 
the military and you will have just select uh, inf- government people who will have all of the guns. I don't know exactly what their utopia looks like, but there, whenever you talk about these things, you have to kind of think about, the way I think about it is that in the United States, there, because we have so many guns, of course, there's, there's the possibility that bad things will happen with those guns. But if you remove all of the guns from the citizens, that doesn't mean that the violence is going to stop. That just means that the government is going to have a monopoly on violence and then the government can commit violence against the people. If you look at what happened in the Nazi regime, um, the vast majority of the Soviet Union's existence under communist China, these are all places where the state had monopoly on violence and tens of millions of people died. You know, as tragic as these shootings are, um, across the country that I I think many of which remain underreported, especially those when illegal guns are um, involved in the conversation. I mean, there's an amazing amount of crime that happens daily in America's inner cities that happens with illegal weapons. So in, in my view, again, this is just the fact that they never mention this exposes their hand it's about making sure that you don't have the legal right to protect yourself against the government's intrusion on your liberties um and i don't think of biden as as the person i I obviously don't think of him as as the guy who's coming up with these ideas for me it's very clear when you look at the makeup of the white house that biden is not the man in charge there's kind of two factions there's the Obama faction, which is represented by um, Susan Rice and all these other staffers who had been in during the Obama years. There's a very small faction that is Kamala Harris and her support staff, which is trying to kind of um, do their own thing, but I think struggling because Kamala is so unpopular. And then there's Joe Biden's faction, which is represented by his wife and maybe select uh, and Ron Klain his uh, chief of staff. But I think the Obama faction is the one that's really pushing the gun grab stuff here. Um, And and it's clear to me that it's just a political ploy. I I think if if you look at, um, I discussed this in the dossier, but if you look at the um, American attitudes about, you know, the state of just the economy and society, Americans are now very focused on inflation. In fact, a Harvard poll that came out just a couple days ago, or maybe even yesterday, um, indicates that over 90% of Americans would label, or 95% of Americans would label inflation either a somewhat serious or very serious issue, with 68% of the 95% saying it's very serious, and 27% saying somewhat serious. So I think there's a crisis, and... Uh, Americans are really feeling this crisis. Uh, so th- th- we're kind of conflating, th- these polls conflate the ideas of inflation and debasement. But I, I think you're really seeing this in um, in gas prices. There's a giant crisis on the left today that the Biden administration is trying to not address. You have this this rabid left base that wants to 
trans, you know, wants to pursue this, this green transition that, that means, that means skyrocketing gas prices. That means never drilling in the United States ever again. Um, and if you look at the numbers, it is, it, it is a 100% certainty that it is impossible to be 100% on so-called renewable energy, whether that's wind or solar. There's just not enough power that comes out of that stuff. And when you look at the numbers, especially like with these wind farms, the wind farms are actually a net negative. Like the whole entire industry is a scam um, to prop up these these green energy scams. They're, they're like scams on top of scams. Um, so it, it is literally impossible to run a nation on this green energy nonsense. And one of the reasons why we're seeing such an energy crisis is just because Americans are consuming a lot and the demand is getting higher and the supply is getting lower. The gas prices are spiking. Um, if you look at the last week alone, gas prices are up an average of 11 cents. So, and that has accelerated from a month ago where it was up about, you know, 15 cents. So the trajectory is headed in the wrong direction and it seems to be getting worse. And we're not even, you know, they're not even signaling to the market that they're going to get their house in order. In fact, it's just getting worse because I, I saw it in the news today that the Biden administration wants to send Joe to meet with the Saudis, who, if you recall, last time he, his administration reached out to the Saudis, they basically told him to F off because they have many business partners that they can deal with. So the idea that they're going to set, sell, um, that OPEC especially is going to sell oil to the United States at a discount, um, the Saudis don't. I, that isn't particularly entertaining to them, especially uh, when you're dealing with the petro economy, that it's still, while the Middle East is changing a lot, it's still the number one product that is making everyone rich there. So the idea that they're going to sell at a discount because we refuse to uh, drill our own oil is a little ridiculous, but this is the path that they're pursuing. And the Biden administration is seemingly kept hostage by this rabid left-wing base that every time you issue a drilling permit, they have like die-ins and say that you're going to, uh, you know, kill the birds and whatever. So I, I think that's what's motivating them. And this is the Obama wing of the, of the, uh, the White House. I, I would think that if um, kind of like just the corrupt guard were in control, you know, like the, the Biden people essentially, that they would probably explore the idea of of reinvesting American resources into energy, but they seem to be, they don't have the power right now. And what's interesting is that there's also this political dynamic that it's really crushing them. So they need to, since they can't really negotiate over this issue with their base, this is why I think they're pivoting to the gun grab. They tried the Putin's inflation thing and it just didn't seem to work. In fact, um, another poll <laughs> said that I think this is probably one of the reasons why they, they're, they're pivoting the messaging is because the polling is showing that specifically the Putin's price hike thing didn't work. Um, 
a poll showed only 25% of registered voters said that Putin is primary, primarily to blame for the surge in inflation. It's absurd that 25% of the country believes that, but I guess you'll always have like 25% of the country believing ridiculous things that are completely out of touch. I mean, with COVID, we saw, at least in the early stages, like 75% of the country believing in nonsense. So I guess it's not too far-fetched that they just um, watch CNN, turn on their TV, and uh, th- and they hear Putin's price hike, and they just like repeat it like a like a parrot. Um, so it, it, I would tune in to Biden's speech tonight just for the um, the enter- the the entertainment factor. He's going to deliver his address at seven thirty from the White House. Um, this is a very late for Joe Biden. He's usually long gone. Um, by then, but um, it, it should be interesting. I'm reading some of these, some of these uh, takes from from CNN and this back and forth, and it seems that his advisors uh, realize that this is all basically just a game. To um, what I, what I do worry about is that you have um, you have these weak Republicans <laughs> that are. You know, this is the thing: is that. The, the Republicans have absolutely no reason to negotiate over the the rights the uh, the rights of American citizens, but that hasn't stopped them in the past. I mean, just recently, you had them all voting for these giant stimulus packages. Uh, you know, Republicans are traditionally supposed to be for fiscal restraint, and that has gone entirely out the window. You know, the whole Republican Party has exposed itself badly under the leadership of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Um, they're very much as part of the growth of government, but a little slower party. Uh, I think if you elect Republicans into office, the best case scenario is probably they will put pressure on the administration to allow for these uh, permitting processes to continue. But one of the, one of the um, issues is that a lot of American energy goes through the ports in California, and the policy in California is that um, you know if there's a single lizard anywhere on your on your on your site uh, that you want to drill, and these inspectors find a lizard, it's all over. You know your Exxon Mobil, you're getting shut down. There goes your multi-billion-dollar project because there's a there's a lizard that might be slightly endangered and. We can't have that. So instead um, of America having its own energy, and this is, a, this is a bigger issue involving just America not producing anything, but instead of not having its own energy, we are importing energy from like the rainforests in Ecuador. So there's a tremendous amount of damage, pollution done just to, um, to stay kind of woke on energy, to say that it, it's so hypocritical. And this is the issue. Like we're, it, it's not that like we're sa- we're saving. You can't even claim that you're decarbonizing because all they're really doing is that they're not ex- they're not exploiting our own resources. They're just buying other countries' resources. And when you think about the the logistics of doing that, that involves putting stuff. Um, it, 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 this stuff is very heavy, so you need to put it on heavy ships that pollute a ton that require a lot of energy. If you drill for oil in 
even Alaska, California, uh, Texas. This is not this is not an issue. You don't need to have a massive ship travel across several oceans sometimes um, just to deliver the product. And it's just totally insane. So that's why I think that Biden's doing the gun control thing today. Um, if anyone wants to jump in with comments or questions, you can feel free. You can use, figure out the call-in app. I, I wish I had like an explainer that I could um, post in the notes. But yeah, if there's anything else that you guys want to talk about, um, I will try to get the transcript of the Biden speech and do a little reaction to it. But um, yeah, it really seems that they want to, um, what they're trying to do is deflect and create a new narrative going into the election. If anything, I, I would expect a bill to be um, produced in Congress. And I would expect some Republicans to vote for it because they care about looking good in the eyes of like radical communists for some reason, but they will, this bill will probably, here's what my projection of what's going to happen is that Biden will propose the bill tonight. Congress will introduce a bill. That bill will then get shut down. Um, you know, there will be insanity on, on cable news and, and all over the media. These New York times and Washington post op-eds about, you know, how Republicans don't care about dead kids. Uh, the NRA is, is high, has hijacked the Republican Party. And this is not Reagan's Republican Party or Bush's Republican Party. I think many of you are probably aware of, of the usual talking points by now that they, that they trot out. And, and basically, this will end in, in, in the Biden team and their congressional allies saying that, you know, Republicans are no longer the party of common sense, the party of extremism. It's very easy to come up with these bumper stickers because they're not very, um, th there's not much depth to them and they're, they're predictable and they happen every election cycle. So I think it'll be perfectly time to make less such effort to boost turnout. Boosting turnout is key <coughs> because there is nothing more de-boosting to turn out than watching Joe Biden on TV and realizing that there's like some 80 something year old guy who's totally lost his marbles. Um, so they don't want it to be, they don't want this election to be a reflection of Joe Biden. Obviously they don't want this the election to be a reflection of Joe Biden's inflation or the Biden administration's inflation or just inflation in general, because the American people see the inflation they recognize that the inflation didn't really happen under Trump. So it's, it's really a hard sell to, um, to, to say that the inflation is, so the Putin's inflation thing isn't working. So they need to get a little crazy here and brand half of the country, right wing extremists, white nationalists, terrorists, you know, all that stuff. And that anyone that would want to own a, a nine millimeter Glock is now, um, you know, a, a child's murderer and there will be all this crazy stuff. They need to boost turnout. So they need to get as, as crazy as possible. Um, and they need a political rebound before November. And I, I think like similar to if you're promoting a like a heavyweight boxing match or a UFC match, you want to really time the the emotional 
pursuit perfectly well to where people kind of peak when the the day before they're going to vote for whichever candidate they're going to vote for. So I think that's the strategy. I think you're going to see that this is a cornered administration. It's almost like a lame, it's like the earliest lame duck administration ever. Um, and they're just going to pursue this narrative that they know is false. This is why politics is sometimes incredibly ridiculous and so divisive. This is purposely divisive. The only reason why they're doing this is, is all, it's all about politics. Um, they will continue now. So now I, I think what you'll see also is that the media will be on this insane pursuit in finding um, examples of gun violence in the United States. They do this when there's every time there's like a major shooting in the United States, they find <clears throat> like an incident that is totally you know, that they, they, they don't paint the whole picture that the story is very it seems that they're just they're, they're just googling any any examples of gun violence the media and they're going to try to elevate this as much as possible similar to whenever there's a big narrative they, they try to um, bring everything to the forefront remember when when covid started they 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 well the last two years of covid every single network and cable TV station for some time had this um, had this COVID tracker. You know, every single time there was a COVID death, it became a, a horrible story that this is another avoidable death. Remember, so the media is very good at pursuing narratives, and but I still remain pretty optimistic that this administration is in is in big trouble. This is what I view a very desperate ploy to shift the narrative and it's really important we get these people out of office they're they're totally insane um what's also interesting is that one last observation so over the course of the covid mania era i came to kind of realize how little our legislators actually care about the constitution I mean, they all claim to care about the Constitution, both Republicans and Democrats, but very few actually have probably even read the Constitution, um, have care about people's constitutional rights, um, are familiar with people's constitutional rights. The Constitution to them is just like a document that can be manipulated for political means. It can be highlighted, it can be quoted. But the idea that it protects rights... um, this is a misread of how legislators see the constitution. What does protect people's rights, however, is the second amendment to the constitution because it's implied that folks have the right to self-defense and that includes owning guns. And still throughout the majority of America, it's very easy to move to a place where you can um, use that second amendment to a large extent, as much as you'd like. Obviously, there's cases where in New York City, D.C., but you can choose to leave those places. And it's unfortunate that those people have to go there for jobs and whatnot. But in my view, it's really the Second Amendment that's protecting everything in our society, especially the First Amendment.
know, these unalienable rights we have, some of which are protected theoretically in the Constitution. I, I, I think the reality of the the state as it exists today in this hyper technological surveillance era is that there's not so many guardrails and one great reason to get the government out of your pockets and off your property is the threat of um, not the threat, but their knowledge that people have um, can defend themselves. This is probably why the government doesn't mess around so much in Florida, Texas, places where people have second amendment rights. You don't see these federal agencies bullying people around as much as they do in places where there are no gun rights. So gun rights are key to everything, in my view. Without gun rights, we have no rights. And we're just, um, and when you, when you think about the trade-offs, that, sh- that if you give your guns away, there will still be violence. There will still be gun violence. It will just all be gun violence committed by the state. And the problem with gun violence committed by the state is that there's very little accountability when the state uses violence against citizens. And I think the Second Amendment and people using that Second Amendment is, is it's a great reminder that the government cannot just trample on your freedoms and that the government should definitely know its place. Um, because without the Second Amendment, we're just a bunch of Australians, Kiwi, New Zealanders, and we're Chinese civilians in the last two years. Uh, without notice, we can just be called away to COVID camps and you know, we could have guys like Fauci just sending people away and there's nothing we can do about it. When the government knows that they, you have a Second Amendment right to defend yourself, they, the calculation changes a lot. That right to, I mean, what it really is, is it's a right to, it, it, it's a veto to government overreach. And they know that as long as we have that veto, that their power is relatively put in check. So I'll just wrap that up there. And um, yeah, looking forward to the craziness that comes out of Biden's mouth tonight. (laughs) Should be somewhat entertaining, I suppose. Thanks, everyone.